You're listening to She Likes to Go Slow, a podcast that encourages you to slow down and listen. And so we've taken today to speak with our friend Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to the van. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you like being in the van? I love it. Yeah, it just brings back such good memories. Well, tell me about those. Uh, well, I actually, my very first vehicle was a 1976 West Valley Catmobile. Oh, nice. And we called her the green bean. <laughs> green bean. So, yeah. Wow, lucky to have a green one. So my stickers are green because I wish my van was green, but uh, maybe well, someday. You know. Yeah, you can always paint it. That's true. That's true. Mechanically, I'm thinking that's probably where most of the money will go, but maybe someday I'll dream of a green van. Mm. What are some of your memories in your van? Um, well, just having a roll of duct tape to fix it <laughs> to make sure when things would break down. And then, um, yeah, just times with friends, um, decorating it. Um, just loving it, oh, having it be like a space. I'll turn the lights on. Yeah. Mine <laughs> actually wasn't decked out this cool. Um, <laughs> this is pretty awesome. But yeah, I had it for a short time because sadly it was hit. Um, mm. Somebody came around the corner too fast and hit the back of it. And <sighs> yeah. And yeah. so, and I was in California at the time I had moved down there and my plan was to come back and get the van and my mom actually sold it mm. for $1,500. Oh, sad. And that's actually how much I bought it for okay. back then. Right. That was in like 2000. Right. And so now you can't even get a van for that much. Not it's like all. unheard of. Mm-hmm. Can you believe I worked a whole summer <laughs> and saved all my paychecks and I saved up $1,500 mm. and I bought it and it was my first car. And so. Yeah, there, there was so much now because there are so few yeah. around. But this is Maggie yeah. May, so welcome. Maya. Maggie. Megan May or M&M, because she's kind of like a yellow M&M. Yeah, oh, I like the the M&M. Yeah. Yeah. I waxed her yesterday. Cool. So I don't know you that well. I actually met you at this. We are doing this podcast in a a mutual watering hole we have met at. Yeah, Um, at Quinn's. Yeah. And so I had uh, talked to you just a little bit with some friends, and you said you were interested in doing a podcast. So here's what I, I don't know much about you, so tell me what you do right now for a living. Okay. So right now I am a massage therapist, I'm a meditation coach, and a Reiki master teacher. And so my um, job is really helping people heal themselves through body work and guided meditation and energy work. That's pretty cool. Very relaxing job, it sounds like. Yeah, it is. Although I am someone who is constantly going, 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 because mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a, I'm a businesswoman, and so... Um, I love the the idea of your show of going slow because for someone like me, I have to take time to go slow. Same. That 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 name is a lot for myself because I'm always going in 17 different directions, and seeing people on their phones, and realizing that we don't know people who are our neighbors and friends or people we meet at the watering hole. And I'm yeah. like, this is a chance to kind of get to know people's stories. And you told yeah. me that that you had one, so you're in a nice spot right now professionally. And uh, was it always this way? No, <laughs> no. Um, it's it's been a journey of self discovery and, and personal growth, especially over the last um, I'd say thirteen years. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when I started my massage therapy career. Yeah, it's it's been a journey and a process, but I'm really grateful for where I'm at now, and I just want to help others do the same. Sure. And uh, so you were telling me something happened to kind of change your life, as it were, if you'd like to share. Yeah, and so. For me, it's just kind of an interesting story, and I think we all have a story, right? Like, Mm -hmm. all of our stories are interesting, and all of our stories matter. Um, I just feel like my story is maybe a little bit different, and maybe some people could benefit from from knowing 
about it. And sure. so, um, take your time in telling us your story and don't forget to sip your tea. Yes. On occasion oh my gosh. Well. Thank Let's you so much for the tea. I'm going to. Oh, that's lovely. I had a friend once tell me to um, sip tea in big gulps when it's not too hot. And it's just kind of nice. It's nice to be in the van sipping tea on a day that's not raining anymore. Yeah, and it's so beautiful with the fall colors and the leaves. Leaves are falling around us, and it's a pretty nice environment. The wind moving them around, yes. It's so cozy in here. Yes, and I'm excited to hear your story. (laughs) I know people are. I was in a car accident. Uh, at age 18, and we were in a different car at that time. It was this the Volva. Wasn't the van. Okay. No, it wasn't the van. Good. I'd gotten a new car. It was a 1974 Volvo. Mm-hmm. And they called her the Volva. <laughs> and she was a beast. Like they're tanks, you know, they're, they're solid metal. And so that's part of probably what saved my life um, is being in that car. Mm-hmm. And, um, Anyhow, some friends of mine and I decided to take a road trip down to California. And we were 18, and so it's not like you plan these things. We're not, um, you know, very smart about, um, you know, planning and getting the maps and doing everything. We just kind of did it on the fly, and we all just were like, well, I've got a car. Let's hop in it and go. Yeah, kind of before you could just get your phone and yeah and ask where to go yeah Yeah. well at that time we did have cell phones but they were those nokia brick phones you know so you (laughs) could play snake on it but that's all it could Mm -hmm. do and so um we all hopped in the car and away we went and we were driving through the night and i was laying down in the back seat asleep and the last thing i remember hearing the driver say was i'm getting tired and um, I asked him, I was like, well, do you want me to drive? And he was like, no, no, I'm good. And so I went back to sleep and, um, the car rolled going over 70 miles an hour mm. and rolled off the side of the road. I remember hearing like this loud, like, oh, shit. and then I kind of like woke up and all of a sudden it just rolled and my neck snapped and I could feel this intense pain like I'd never felt before. And I immediately shot out of my body. I had an out-of-body experience. Wow. And I was hovering above, watching everything happen. Um, And then my awareness started to leave. And it started drifting backwards into this black abyss. And I could feel that I was going farther and farther away from this earth. And all I remember, it was like, have you ever passed out? And you have like a peripheral vision where it's like kind of fuzzy. And then all of a sudden it starts to narrow down and like funnel in and close out. That's what was happening. Wow. Only it was my awareness. And so that's how I know it was an out-of-body experience. Because when you pass out, you don't have consciousness. Mm -hmm. You don't have awareness of passing out. All you know is like, oh, I passed out. Mm -hmm. And now I'm awake. Mm -hmm. No. I had my conscious awareness. Wow. And so what were you seeing? I had the feeling of going very far away from my body. So it's as if in a dream is the best way I can describe it. And I was floating in a sea of nothingness, like blackness. So I wasn't seeing anything around me because my body wasn't there. So Mm -hmm. it was just this awareness. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I did have start to have memories come in memories of, my boyfriend at the time and memories of my family and um, 
all of a sudden, I knew I knew what it was. I knew I was dying. Mm-hmm. And I recognized it as if it happened before. Wow. And I and I knew that I was going to die and leave. Mm-hmm. And I and then immediately a will to live rose inside of me. Wow. Um Were you free from pain at that time? Completely free from pain, yeah. And I was completely free from pain afterwards. Really? Because I did pop back into my body. So I had this will to live rise inside of me, and I just knew it's not my time. Mm-hmm. I've got to go back. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I've got work to do. And so I popped back into my body, and I felt no pain. I'd gone completely into shock. Uh, and I had a severe concussion because I had a skull fracture that was about six inches long. Is that what the pop was or had your neck broken? My neck was broken. Mm-hmm. I had a, a cranial fracture. I had broken my jaw in two places wow. and severed all the tendons in my right arm. And we were in the middle of Nevada, in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the night. It was like midnight. I think I know exactly where you were. I've been through that road. It's Yeah, and there's yeah. a turnoff where you can go through burns, and mm-hmm. it turns and it curves, but there's also this part of the road that goes straight. Mm-hmm. And at night, the driver didn't see that he'd gone the wrong way. Sure. And so the driver was not injured. Mm-hmm. He'd had a seatbelt on. Okay. He was completely uninjured. The other guy that I was with at the time, my boyfriend, he was laying down with me in the back seat, and uh, his tailbone was fractured. He was actually thrown through the back of the car, through the back window. But he was stable enough to come help me, and he Mm -hmm. could see that I I was severely injured. And Mm -hmm. he moved me. He actually pulled me out of the car because he was afraid the car was going to catch on fire. Wow. But at that point, that's when I realized that my neck was broken. And I'd had a concussion. I didn't know where I was. I was asking him, well, where are we? What mm-hmm. happened? Like, where are my parents, my right, family? Like, right. where are we? And he had to explain to me, we were in a car accident. You're injured. Like, um, the one guy went, ran to the nearest town for help. And that was... I was going to say that's probably quite a distance. Two miles. area, yeah. Luckily, we were close. Good-ish. I mean, two miles isn't right. super for, close. For the but spaces there are in that area, yeah. So it was the middle of the night. He runs to the nearest town. And, of course, nothing's open. And it's like this tiny little mining town mm-hmm. um, of... I think it was Burns. And then I got I got transferred to Tonopah because they had a bigger... Um, um, ER there, mm-hmm. um, emergency, but so he runs to that town and nothing's open. It's the middle of the night. So the one place that's open that he runs into is a bar <laughs> and there happened to be two volunteer paramedics sitting at the bar wow. having a beer. So lucky. Well, I don't think it's luck. I believe that there was divine intervention And that's part of how this event really changed my life because you can look at everything that happened. So get this, that's not all. (laughs) (laughs) So these two volunteer paramedics come to get me and they use the jaws of life to get me out of the car. Um, He at that point had put me back in the car, was moving me around and, uh, they come and get me, 
they take me to the hospital and their old beat up ambulance and they told my parents that they ran out of gas <laughs> and they actually coasted into the parking lot on fumes. Wow. And so to me, at that point, I'd completely turned my back on God. I grew up, um, my parents were atheists. Mm-hmm. I didn't be- I believe, um, they didn't force me to believe anything. I sure. chose to go to church and mm-hmm. explore my spirituality on my own. Before that or after? Before mm-hmm. and after, but mm-hmm. especially, oh, before, yeah. Sure. From a young age, I've always been fascinated with spirituality. and. Um, but you were atheist? Well, at that time, I turned my back on God mm-hmm. because I'd had a couple bad experiences in the church where I just saw hypocrisy yeah. and um, cruelty. And, you know, the kids that I would go to Sunday school with would talk to me at church and then not speak to me at school when mm-hmm. I'd see them in the hallways. And it's like I just knew within my heart that something was not in alignment with mm-hmm. Christianity, mm-hmm. even though I kept going back to that time and time again. And so... Um, yeah, when, one summer at church camp, I'd um, gotten reprimanded because this church was very evangelical, mm-hmm. and they believe in, like, speaking in tongues, oh, yeah. and you hold your hands up and praise the Lord, mm-hmm. hallelujah, <laughs> you know, and um, they basically um, shunned me, mm-hmm. and I was just a child. I was, like, 12 years old. And I wanted so badly to be accepted by them and so badly to have Jesus in my heart that I thought that I needed to speak in tongues mm-hmm. to, to have that happen. Mm-hmm. And so I actually started trying what I thought was speaking in tongues. Sure, to fit in. And so I was like blabbering mm-hmm. gibberish and they saw it as like blasphemy and I was like evil. And they said, aren't you ashamed of yourself? Just shouldn't you be so ashamed of yourself? to a little 12 year old Mm -hmm. and so for me I just saw that as like no that is not that's not right you know it's funny we have a similar background with that because I grew up in the same kind of a church exactly very very young age the same sort of things going on it was the church of God was the brand of that church and uh, I think my friends were all like we're going to church you should go to church and so I was like apparently I'm going to hell if I don't go to church so I'm going to go did my own exploring in that and the same kind of reaction I wasn't seeing a lot of stuff I liked at church but I think part of it was my parents not belonging to the church that makes a kid pretty vulnerable when you go to find who you are and you don't have your your parents support at a young age that can go sideways yeah well your story is really interesting and in how you're um so then it affected your spirituality and like how you said that when you had died you were like oh this again like you had felt that before yes and so for me that and I've since done, you know, um, a lot more research like on Buddhism and they have this, um, even Hinduism as well has this um, belief that's pretty strong in our culture and it's just accepted that you reincarnate. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know all the details of that. I don't know, obviously, the ins and outs of that. Um, I think that anybody that claims to, um, I would question them, mm-hmm. you know, but. Um, I have had my own past life um, visions and experiences that um, speak to me, that tell me um, that I'm a spirit in a body. And that's what this particular um, event in my life really did, is it showed me that I'm a spirit in a body. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so I began to explore that, began to explore the idea of past lives and journey work and meditation and going within. And I found a teacher. I found a wonderful um, woman here locally who um, has guided me over the past um, 13 years, really, and um, encouraged me to find that for myself. And so now I feel like I don't need someone else to tell me what my spirituality is. I don't need someone else to tell me what my relationship with God is. Um, I sought so um, long and so hard for that acceptance from the church, from my parents, from my friends, from everyone. And so where I've come to now is that because I've built this relationship with my own spirit, um, that that is what's truly helped me to kind of get where I am today. Mm -hmm. And I don't need that acceptance from anyone but myself. So were you afraid of dying before that happened? Yes. I mean, I wouldn't um, catastrophize it in my mind and mm-hmm. um, too much. Um, but yeah, I would. Uh, I was always worried. You know, my parents used to like to watch those shows. Um, you know, the where the kids get stolen mm-hmm. and <laughs> um, you know scary things happen. Dateline. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's always like a Dateline. Like, ooh, what happened next? You know, and so. I think I did have that fear mm-hmm. of death before, but I definitely do not fear death anymore. So it gave you, dying actually gave you a confidence. Yeah. And so, but I don't fear death anymore, but what I fear is not living my life to the fullest. And what I fear is not getting enough done before I die. That's my greatest fear. Wow. That is a huge lesson. And thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry the accident happened, but glad that no one died in the accident, including you. Yeah. Well, so, I died, but I came back. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure you had a lot of surgeries and everything to get healthy where you are now. So what a great story, and I appreciate you sharing. And you mentioned you've got some side things going on, so I'd love for you to talk about those now. Oh, yeah. So I just completed this program, Crown for Success, and I'm really excited about it because it's helped me to grow my business in an authentic way that stays true to me. Mm-hmm. And so I am now a... Um, women's empowerment coach. Wow. And so any women who um, would like to learn more, I'm going to start a separate blog for that. It's not quite up yet. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I do offer uh, massage of body work and I offer guided meditation, Reiki energy work. And I also um, am gui- guiding a free yoga nidra um, next Actually, it might not be next week, but two weeks out on November 1st Mm -hmm. at New Moon Healing Center. I'm going to be guiding a a yoga nidra meditation. And so I invite anyone um, to join that feels called to do so. Sure. And what's your website? My website is prismbodywork.com. And I'm also on Instagram at Prism Bodywork and Be Well Boise. Okay. And uh, some of your healing, your Reiki healing and different things like that, can you do long distance for people that are listening on the podcast, maybe that aren't located here? Sure. Uh, what they can do is just type their name. Um, how would we work that? Would we want them to email me? Yeah. Okay. So maybe just email me at prismbodywork at gmail.com. And that's P-R-I-S-M-B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K at gmail um, and then just give me your name and your location and I'm happy and um, maybe a little if you want something specific um, like if you're working if something specific is bothering or that you'd like focus on and energy too 
um, then you could type that out and I'm happy to send you some energy. That is perfect. And maybe eventually on your site, you can get a little form or something and people can say where they're at and what's up and you can tell them how much. So I'm so glad you shared your story with us today. Thank you. That's a really great, encouraging story. And I love hearing that you're not afraid anymore, except for uh, living to the fullest that you can. Yeah, so that's what I'm working on now. (laughs) Thank you so much, Crystal, for joining us. Thank you so much. You're listening to She Likes to Go Slow, and if you have a story, we would love to hear it. You can contact us uh, through our Facebook page, She Likes to Go Slow, or send us an email at shelikestogoslow at gmail.com.